Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You are also here with Lee Padabadabadabadoo. Say hi, Lee. Uh, Lee or Fred Flintstone? Yabadabadoo time. I can't legally <laughs> say that because it's copywritten. Um, how are you, my man? You all good? Uh, I, I've been better, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good now. Things are, things are getting better. Indeed. That's cool, man. Yeah, it's been a been a bit of a rough week, hasn't it? Has mate, it has. Yeah, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but people aren't here to listen to my my worries. They're here to. Um, I don't know why the hell are you people here? I I mean, <laughs> it's under the guise of uh, of guitar news. However, spoilers: not a fat fucking lot has been going on this week. <laughs> so we will try. Try and ring, ring out as much news as we possibly can out of this, uh, out of this week. But if it is a little bit light on the ground, um, just just give us a bit of uh, give us a bit of leeway there, please. Um, yeah. Hi, Andrew, who has already uh, tuned in, Mister Bimson. Nice to see you, mate. It is. It's Mister Bimson. Hey, 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 Mister Bimson, who happens our... to be. Go on. He's one of our Patreons! Oh, I bet that clipped. Yeah, it bloody well did, mate. <laughs> oh, I'd hate to be the guy who has to edit this after the uh, after the live show. Do oh. you know what? You've got you've got your um your autofocus stuff on on your uh, camera, so it keeps coming up with this little like right angle line around your face. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I can see it. Yeah, it's a little little yellow square. I, I imagine it's having having quite a uh, quite a difficult time now as well because I've got this in front of my face. Uh, so I do apologize. What I'll, what I'll probably do for future casts is is press the record button on this so that it's it's not pulling up stupid overlays. Um, I did not do that this week, and it's probably too late to start. So, oh, we are where we are. I'm just going to start sharing this up and around. Hi, Anthony Flisher, who is the um, guy who owns Folkestone uh, Guitar Shop. It's a lovely little guitar shop. If you live down in Kent, you should visit it. It's really cool. If you're open now. Um, I happen to be following him on Facebook, and I don't live near Kent, but I still want to uh, I still want to do a visit. Well, if you visit him, do not even think about not visiting me, because I live about 10 minutes away. Oh, fair play. There we go. So that'll be uh that'll be future plans that will. I was planning yeah. on doing a, a trip down south this this year with uh, with Mr. Yeomans, um, where we'd hit the guitar shops. I don't think that's going to happen somewhere this year. <laughs> Something tells me. So I, I'm just currently sharing up the um, sharing up the uh the live stream in a few groups if you guys watching would be so kind as to do the same just to share the love get more people watching that would be absolutely lovely is that your face now said mr tate what which one me or well i suppose yeah like yeah my my face is a yellow square uh we've got uh bimson rebuilding his board because he hasn't for a few weeks he's only down to 17 pedals now Right, I'm going to adjust your camera because you have slipped a little bit down in your seat. So you oh. look really short. Oh, no. 
There we go. Oh, no, 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 no. Mr. It's Fisher. A... Yeah. We have decided to close now completely. <gasps> oh, and oh man. That's that sucks, man. I can understand it because it is it's it's a tough time. Really, it's a tough time. Uh, but that is that is some sad news. Um, Stuart has lightened the the mood a little bit by saying he'll he'll visit Folkestone Guitar Shop, but not Lee. <laughs> oh man. Uh what, about my, Mr. Yeomans as well of uh of Chef Tone Effects. Um, he's he's visiting us. He's also one of our patronizers. And uh, breaking news: I think two days ago. It might have even been yesterday. His website went live. Oh, did it? It did. Yeah, yeah. I think it's chevtone.com. Pop it in the uh, pop it in the comments below, Mister Yeomans. Um, I think it's chevtone. In fact, actually, I've got it open in a tab because I may have um, may have been helping him out with this a little bit. Yeah, chevtone.com. So uh, if you did want to buy a chevtone um, guitar pedal, which I can attest they are pretty, pretty nice. Good um, evening, Mr. Nathan Tipton. Oh, Nathan. Howdy. Spot hello, as, uh, as we were saying hello to people. Indeed, indeed. Right, do you want to get on with the show rather than just saying hello to people? Because, I mean, as lovely as that is, um, it, mm-hmm. will, it will suck as a podcast later on. Yes, we certainly can. So, let, listen, guys... Um, there's lots to cover today, um, but the first little bit of the, uh, for a portion of the beginning, we want to just talk a little bit about a person of um, a true artist that's affected us all, um, personally me in a big, big way, um, and what about yourself, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap? Uh, has uh, Mr. Peter Green had a bit, uh, had any sort of effect on you? Oh yeah, like massively. Um in in terms of like musical output, I was kind of I'd already formed a lot of my musical um, style by the time I I got into the the early Fleetwood Mac. But in terms of like guitar tone, there's so many of my guitars that have got phase switches on them, um, mm. and that that literally is down to both uh, Peter Greed and Brian May. So there you yeah. go. I can understand that. Um, my my Les Paul, which I've got here, um, I've uh, done it so when it goes into the middle position, I don't yeah. have to uh, pop it into uh, an out face thing by popping this. Just as as uh, without it coil tapped, it is already um, out of phase. So all I have to do is put it into the middle position, and then I get that Peter Green sound because I love it so much. It's just um, it's just a lovely, lovely tone. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's such a uh, such a world apart from like the normal humbucker tone because it's it, with the with the interface thing, it kind of scoops out a lot of that mid range. So it almost has the um the the frequency range of like a like a Strat single coil, where you've like scoop all of that mid range out, and you've got a load of kind of brightness at the top end. In fact, it's. It shelves off quite a lot of the bass as well, which is uh, for me quite nice because humbuckers are, are usually difficult to uh, to get working around my uh, my tone because I usually set everything up for single coils. Yeah, I can hear that. It's um, you know, there's a lot of 
really great guitarists out there that do use strats to great effect. You know, just got to look at um, Eric Clapton, for instance. You know, is it's a obvious one, and Hendrix, of course. But um, I I love uh, humbuckers. But uh, but getting back into into um, Peter Green, it's not just his guitar. It was the songwriting and and so very very much the song that really didn't just make uh me fall in love with guitars it made me fall in love with music i, I remember we were in my dad's car we we're driving home from the beach one day i was yeah. probably about seven years old maybe younger than that and he he was playing a new tape that he had because he used to it my dad was born in 42 so he loved all the 60s music and um and then came Albatross and I was just like what is this? Albert who? <laughs> Albert who? Yeah, Albatross. Um but yeah, it, it was I was just absolutely blown away and I was like, Dad, can we play that again? I remember he had one of these fancy um tape players where you could actually go back and skip a song back. And it blows <laughs> and it, it, I think it just listened for the gaps or whatever and just went back or whatever. Um but he um yeah he put, he put it on a couple of times for us I was just like this is just unbelievable unbelievable uh, and I didn't even understand at that point that this was a guitar I was just like this this song is just amazing yeah it's it's ultimate chill isn't it the uh Al- albatross um, yes yeah, marks and spencers isn't it yeah i mean <laughs> yeah it's uh it, it's got its reputation as being the Marks and Sparks tune, but um, there, there was quite a few as well. There was that uh, Santana tune as well that, that followed it. Uh, Black Magic Woman. No, 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 no. Like for the Marks and Spencers uh, adverts. Oh. Uh, uh, the do 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 do. I can't remember the tune's name. It's it's something. <laughs> I was just gonna let you carry on. <laughs> something Latin American. Anyway, you, you know the one. Right, right in on a postcode. Um, so apparently, uh, Anthony Fisher. The website will still exist, um, but only selling parts and also manufacturing them too. So I mean, that's that's good. Cool. And uh, let's have a chat. See what we can do. See if we can do a bit of promotion on Pedalboard today for you, and um, see if we can help you out a little bit, mate. All right. See um, if we can sort some stuff out. Stuart, Stuart, love you, man. Uh, he he left a message saying Peter touched him. Oh man, I deleted that because I didn't want us to say that. Uh, I removed that comment already. <laughs> the, the amount of administration I have to do around Stuart yeah, is when just Stuart's unreal. Um, <laughs> we can only assume that he means emotionally and not in the uh, kind of. 70s uh, entertainer kind of sense a la Jimmy Savile and which Peter Green was a 70s entertainer <laughs> exactly uh, oh, let's... we, sh- we, sh- yeah, we shouldn't it's... talk like that it's, 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 it's far, very fresh far too soon far too soon mm. oh Stuart damn you uh, so yeah man. I mean bad bad man bringing it back um, onto the actual kind of sensible insensitive note of uh, Peter Green, yeah. I mean, there's there's so many, so many wicked tunes. Like when someone asks you, "Oh, what's your what's your favourite Fleetwood Mac tune?" My mind always goes back to 
back to the Peter Green era because as as good as some of the the earlier um, kind of Buckingham uh, Knicks Fleetwood Mac is, it's just Peter Green is just that next level, isn't it? Yeah, I you know there's no uh, you can't deny at all. Sorry, I'm just removing another one of Stuart's um, <laughs> <Let's> comments. <see. laughs> you. you <laughs> Oh no! You, there's no denying at all that um, "Rumors" is one of the best albums just out in the world. I love the chain, and you know, um, it's just uh, you know, if you grew up in the '90s or and anywhere where there was Formula One on, oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's where I know it from. Formula One '90s is uh, yeah. like Nigel Mansell and uh, Alan Prost, Ayrton Senna, and all those those chaps. He yeah, just had cool. like the chain. Uh, it was almost boring back at that point because um, it was always Nigel Mansell <laughs> always winning, wasn't it? And then it was Schumacher, just always winning. Um, but uh, but you know you had that. But when you realise when you kind of grow up and then you realise that there was like two very vastly different versions of this band. Yeah. Really, all they shared was a, a drummer and a name. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's it. Yeah. You know, uh, and you think, oh, this, you know, this Rumours album's really, really, really good. And then you realise that what it was with with um, with Peter Green was so much more. Like, Man of the World is just an unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable song. There was... And, um, um, yep. There was uh, a concert with... Um, with Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac, it, it was it was touted as as such. Um, that was on on one of these like Sky Arts or something that me and Yeomans used to watch when we'd get get home. Um, like in my uni days, I'd go back to go back to his, and we'd just like we'd watch like music documentaries and stuff. Um, and we watched that one of the nights, like this um, this Peter Green, uh, Peter Green. Fleetwood Mac, where a lot of the uh, a lot of the performance was not Peter Green. He was on the stage, but it was this other chap, um, and basically a band who were not Fleetwood Mac playing Fleetwood Mac tunes. Oh, that's um, sad. It's sad. Yeah, I, I mean, because like by that I don't point, know if it, he still played. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume that was the deal uh, for quite a while, um, but the. The kind of the, I think it was the penultimate song, was "Man of the World," and for that, it was a, it was an instrumental version, and Peter Green was just playing the vocal line, um, rather than playing the playing all the like the rest of the band stuff, and it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Can you hear the ice cream van behind me as an accompaniment? There you go. You get. It's Lee's new band, Lee, Lee and the Ninety Nines. Um, yeah, we've got yeah. so so that that was a really really cool thing. Like the fact that like in his in his later years, like because Peter Green fully like wiped himself from the, the face of the planet for for the longest time, and yeah, like it, the guys from ABBA kind of thing. You know, it was uh, I don't want. Anything to do with anyone anymore? You know, well, it's... so so uh, as far as I am aware, um, in 
Germany. Um, Peter Green took some pretty bad acid, uh, and it really, really messed with his head. And from that point onwards, he he like became recluse because it it had, like it had damaged him so severely. I've heard similar sort of things about Clapton as well, um, but I don't know if that's uh, accurate. I, you know, it's just what I've heard around. Clapton, Clapton, there was a, there was um, a documentary about Clapton on on the BBC about about two years ago, and it, Clapton went through. He he's been addicted to everything pretty much. Our Clapton has. Um, <laughs> oh, Cl- our Clapton. You say, you say as if if it's a, if it's a, um, as if it's a nice thing, you know. Oh, Clapton's been addicted to everything. Yeah. To, be, to be fair, like from. From the uh, from the documentary, you can understand why, like he he had some troubles with uh, with substances. He like his like his formative years, his growing up was really really messed up. Um, I'm not going to go into it too much because that documentary is still going to be out there. You can you can read about it. You can. Uh, you can yeah, find and it. We're talking about Peter Green today, aren't we? I'd like yeah. to say um, hi to Hank over on um, YouTube, watching us over there. You can catch us on YouTube. You can catch us on various different um, pages, um, groups on Facebook as well, and you can catch us with a butterfly net if we're flying around. Yeah. So Stuart's. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's 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 persevering with the uh, the comments that we can't say. I know but... it's like it's like a battle. It's is it he's like just trying to distract me now. Uh, so <laughs> he's 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 backed up my uh, my theory about like he went off uh, went off with some hippies in Germany to take a load of LSD and that was the end of him and the band. So yeah, yeah, I, I was pretty sure that was that was how it works. And he's also mentioned Green Banalishi. Which is an absolute banging tune. It's almost kind of proggy. Yeah, it's. It... Do you know one of the songs I always play after? You know, whenever I pick up a guitar for the first time, it's always like a G chord, uh, just yeah. to like hear those strings run out. And then it's. You know. Um, yeah. Oh well. Uh, yeah. Part one. Yeah. Every single part. Every single time. And because it's just such. It's. It's so easy to play, and it just comes off of your your fingers so so easily. It's just really, really nice, and it's a really effective but easy thing to play. Yeah, it's an absolutely it's, wicked tune. Uh, in yeah. fact, mentioning uh, mentioning our Nathan, who's in the comments, um, he did a cover of that on his uh, on his YouTube channel about two weeks ago, which was wicked. Oh, uh, nice he did, one. He did uh, like two guitar parts and a and a bass track as well, which was really cool. Uh, he's put comment in actually about uh, about Peter Green because I know Nathan's a massive Mac fan, um, but he loves Peter Green. He says is uh, Peter Green was his uh, guitar teacher's favourite player and still remember him teaching uh, teaching Nathan oh well and Green Manalishi. Uh, he says he was an unbelievable guitar player who made the guitar sing, scream, and cry and everything in between. Sadly, uh, sadly, we lost uh, so many years of his musical output due to the. Combination of drugs and schizophrenia, um, yeah, and the uh, the comment that BB King made about Peter Green as well, like BB King, like one of the the most soulful uh, soulful players out there, uh, says that Peter Green, like when you heard Peter Green plays, one of the only players who, who gave him them cold sweats, like man, 
Yeah, um, Andrew Bimson said, "Man of the World" makes me cry every time, uh, and y- you, it's it's right. You know, the, the feeling in those songs. Um, you know, the, the opening words are "Let me tell you about my life," uh, and yeah. and you kind of like, hang on a minute, this isn't how like a rock song or, or whatever tends to start, especially from that sort of um, time. Yeah, uh, there was uh, a lot of uh, draws you in, doesn't it? It, the di- man, the dynamics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! On every, I mean, everything he plays, you know, he he was one of these first good players I, I heard. Where you know he he'll go from really screaming fast, not fast, but you know, really screaming guitar. He didn't always just play the blues as well. He you know he did play like the minor scale and whatnot in between as well. Uh, and then he'll just play a note that you can barely hear. And then a yeah, couple yeah, more, whisper, and, you, and you, you you lean in, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it, it gives you it gives you that sense of you you like you you're leaning in to try and to try and get all of those notes, and it, it brings your attention back into the into the song. I mean, we mentioned oh well, and that that is a masterclass of dynamics, mm. big massive massive like chunky riff, and then breaks down to just a vocal. In a rock song as well, and then like you get to towards uh, Oh Well Part Two as well, and it's it's almost like a minor minor version of Albatross, where it's yeah. like really calm and uh, calm and sedate, and uh, really explores that kind of minor tonality. I've I've heard um, a few times that um, whenever he saw his guitar, whenever whenever he saw Greeny, you know, you know when Gary Moore and had it, um, yeah. he would say, "That's not my guitar." That, that isn't my guitar, and it, and it kind of just makes you wonder if it wasn't, you know, if someone just managed to do a really good con job on these like people like Kirk Hammett and whatever. But, oh, yeah. Kirk Hammett, um, like he he posted up a a tribute to to Gary Moore, uh, sorry to to Peter Green yeah. with with the Greeny Moore uh, Les Paul, but it was on like the, the the side of like a balcony next to the sea. You're like, the fuck are you doing? I wondered what um, Stu, Stu just put. Uh, anyway, Hammett needs to get that guitar away from the water. I've not seen this post. Yeah, I I, I quite like Hammett. Um, I know he gets a lot of hate. Uh, I I love Metallica. Um, big big fan of them. And uh, you know, um, I don't think Hammett's as much of a moron as people make out. I think he knows what he's doing. He you know he knows what that guitar's worth, and he he knows what it's not just worth in value. In terms of money, what it's worth in value in terms of to the it's, it's history that is that guitar fans. is it, that guitar is the history of the history of like blues and rock that is it's it's, it's experienced so many like, recordings and and live shows that that thing is it's inherently tied with with rock and roll history. Yeah, yeah. I just think how influential Gary Moore was. You know, I, I was devastated when Gary Moore died. Absolutely devastated because that that guy was just—he—he he was in one of the arguably best rock bands slash early metal bands ever. Obviously, uh, Finn Lizzy, who we both really love. Absolutely, and, um, them, yeah. And then. Um, and then it's just on the rounds, isn't it? Loads of people have had this guitar. It's a bit yeah. like chlamydia, isn't it? 
<laughs> not not quite sure that's how I'd put it. Uh, <laughs> Crabs. Yeah, back in the seventies, it probably was. <laughs> oh dear, yeah, from the same couple of groupies who were doing the rounds. Oh, God, yeah. Um, but different times. But yeah, it has. Mm. I mean, it, it's been in so many different uh, different hands, it? and it's been it's been used for Metallica and uh, Fleetwood Mac and for for Gary Moore. I don't think he had it in Thin Lizzy. Uh, but no, but the guy. Uh... I don't know actually. Uh, I don't know when it changed hands. I don't know if it appeared on any of things because you know they were famous for using Les Pauls in Finn Lizzy, weren't they? So I don't know that they were. Yeah. Um, yeah. From, yeah, from abs- all of the absolutely. all of the promo stuff that I've seen with like from the Gary Moore era because he only ever did one and a half albums, I think. Uh, and he did he did the entire Black Rose album, which is. I mean, it's got Gary Moore all over that, but I think he he features on some of the tracks in Bad Reputation as well. But on the cover of Bad Reputation is uh, is the three of them. It's um, Gorham. Oh, it's the four, isn't it? Gorham, uh, Robertson, uh, Linnet, and uh, oh, the the drummer, the drummer. What's his name? What is his name? Uh, I can't remember. Okay. I've I've had very little sleep, so I do. Uh, no, he weren't part of that album. He was part of Nightlife. Sorry, because it's uh, still in love with you. He's on that one. Are Sorry. you having a moment? I am. I'm. I'm. I'm having a bit of a Lizzie moment. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, yeah, so. Hold my head up. <laughs> right. Um, so let, let, let's round this up. We we want to say that. Um, Peter Green has um, been a massive influence on pretty much everyone, even if we haven't even heard him. You know, yeah. in, in the in the industry. Um, yeah, chances know, it, are, it, if you don't know who he not, is, you've, you know his songs. Yeah, well, if you're not, if, even if you're not directly influenced by his stuff, the people who you're influenced by will definitely have been at some point. Like we say, yeah. I mean, Kirk Hammett's citing him as a. As as an influence and like that's that's completely unexpected. Do you know who uh, he cited as an influence? Who Green? Yeah, he cited Hank Marvin as an influence, and I suppose back then you would have would have, wouldn't you? Because he was uh, he started his um, his career at the age of fifteen um, back in uh, nineteen sixty or something along those lines, nineteen sixty three or something along those lines. Earlier than that, wouldn't it? Huh? The shadows would be earlier than that. I would have thought they were the. In the yeah, 50s. but he would have grown up listening to them. Oh, you talked about great. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And Hank Marvin, he's a uh, he's recently, or I say recently, like last couple of decades, has uh, has risen to fame as a bit of rhyming slang for starving. So. I mean, he'll forever <laughs> live on there, won't he? Starving Marvin, yeah. It, oh dear. There was right. there was an advert, weren't there? For like it was like Dairy Lee or like cheese string or something like that. And the kid was walking like walking back home from school dressed as Hank Marvin. You've got to remember our demographic and the fact that so many of our listeners are in the US. They're not going to have a clue what you're talking about. Uh, we'll be lucky if they even know who Hank Marvin is. 
That's it, yeah. <laughs> uh, Hank Marvin of the Shadows, obviously, for... Um, yeah, everyone knows that. I don't even know yeah, why. Yeah, like slick, slicked hair, bottle, uh, bottle top glasses. Doom, doom, uh, doom. Yeah. Doom, 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 doom. Patchy shadow, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I fear to even mention Cliff Richards here, because we've got Stuart in the... the um, <laughs> the comments and he's going on about all kinds of things. He's he's gonna gonna come on that, isn't he? My mum was a massive, uh, well, not a massive Cliff Richards fans, but she she was one of the bands that she one of the singers, I should say, that she really liked. So yeah. we kind of grew up thinking that Yellow, uh, not Yellow Submarine, Yellow Submarine is cool. Uh, that Summer, Summer Holiday, Holiday w- was cool, and it was like, yeah, it was the absolute really bollocks. Not, yeah. I tell you what, though, that tune he did in the seventies, uh, Devil Woman. That's an absolute banger. Love that. Black Magic Woman's better. Oh, yeah, Black Magic. Um, but then, like, the Santana version's quite good as well, so... Yeah, yeah, they're, they're kind of like... It's just like different drumming, isn't it? <laughs> it's almost the same song, just different drums. Well, the the Santana version's got, like, a whole massive keyboard intro as well. Has. True, 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 true. i tell you what we haven't mentioned, and it would be sacrilege not to mention it, is mm. Need Your Love So Bad. Of course. Need Your Love So Bad. I used to play that at a band. Yeah. Absolute tune. Absolute Basically tune. did the intro and then just soloed over the rest of it. Just let. It is one of those songs that you just... Um, the, the bass and the drum is so important on that, and it, that's, that's the rhythm. You don't really need to do much on the guitar. The little bits that Peter Green would have added in were just oh. yeah, tasty little, a little bit of, like a little sauce on top of the uh, on top of the meal. But the strings, mm. the strings in the original, like in the in the studio recording, make it as well. They add so much, so much drama to the piece. Oh, sure, I can't think of it. But yeah, that's um, yes. Rest in peace, man. Indeed, indeed. I, I raised my uh, raised my hug hug related mug. Here we go. <laughs> I, I ra- raised that to uh, to Peter Green and drink. <laughs> St- steady on, Lee. Steady on. My <coughs> oh, God, some some people can't hold the drink, eh? Shit. <laughs> right. Whilst whilst Lee's dying here, I'll uh, I'll I'll give us a bit of what we've been up to this week because. We've kind of pontificated a little bit here, haven't we? Well, before I do that, gonna, gonna, <laughs> yeah, do that. I'm going to throw in, uh, throw in the Patreons as well. Uh, you lovely people, a couple of you are in the uh, in the chat at the moment. We've mentioned uh, Mr. Andrew Bimson. We've mentioned Mr. Yeomans of Chevtone Effects. We've got Doug Christ of Thirty Seven Effects. We've got Joseph Richardson of Not Everything Joseph anymore. Um, but I will. I'll. I'll get his. Uh, get his Instagram handle down and keep, I'll mention that. Uh, we've got huge erection. Um, it's it's good at this age. I uh, <laughs> uh, and we've got Mr. Fletch, Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups. They are all part of the Patreon team. If you want to be part of that team too, uh, it's as little as two dollars a month. Uh, patreoncom slash talk and you can help us out. Um. Right, Mr. Lee, 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 Lee. Yo. What are you being up to this week, mate? Choking and drink water. Yeah. Uh, what have I been up to? I uh, um, 
Not much. Um, I've been really busy, but um, just mainly with um, work and I've been nothing really I can talk about too much. I did tidy my studio up though. I've decided to put a few things up for sale. Um, an old interface that I found that uh, is for Mac, so I don't need that anymore. Um, I'm thinking about selling my guitar, uh, my acoustic guitar, my Ovation. I've mm-hmm. had quite a lot of um, feedback on that, and I'm thinking about selling that to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thinking about selling that to fund a set of um, where's it is because I really want them indoors so I can jam <clears throat> away indoors and play, but without necessarily annoying the family. Yeah. Um. What else? Tell you what, actually, mentioning mm. the Wazza Airs, the uh, the HX Stomp that I bought—it's got to be about four or five months back now—that mm. has done absolute wonders for me. Actually, getting off my ass and practicing. Um, as I mentioned a bit earlier, I haven't slept very well, um, and what I decided to do last night when I'd I'd finished watching uh, uh, Wolf of Wall Street that was on telly, it was like like half 12 or something. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not tired. Went in my, uh, went in the room, actually in this room, picked up a guitar, started playing, started jamming along some chains, started jamming along with John Mayer, um, which I absolutely could not have done before, uh, before the stomp. It's just so easy. I just flick a switch, stamp on a couple of pedals, off I go. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's it. it. For me, it's a case of, uh, it's, it's a, um, if I had the space for it indoors, because obviously I've got my studio, and if I want to come play, I'll play in here. But if I had the space for it indoors, um, I would have um, probably HX Stump because it does so much more and just stuck six headphones into it. But yeah. all I can really have indoors is a guitar. and Because yeah. our house is tiny, like really, really tiny. It's about three and a half metres wide. You know, oh, it's nice. very, very, very small. It's over a few floors, but it's very, very narrow. Um, yeah. And there's four of us living there. So, you know, <laughs> me and wife and the two kids. So it's just... Yeah, space is a premium. Exactly. So a set of headphones that does all of that, it's just ideal. Yeah. And the fact that you can do all the extra things, such as you can offset the uh, the sound of the amp, the sound of the... Um, you know what you're listening to on Spotify or whatever, and yeah. you can move it around. That's all nice extras, <clears throat> but for me, the fact that it's it, if it just had the amp built in, it didn't do any of that extra stuff, and you could play music with the amp. Yeah, um, I'd it's be stu- it, yeah, it's still it. it'd still be set, like a sale for you there. Yeah, definitely, and it looked like with the wireless as well, it's just just makes sense. It's very very sensible thing. I know people say it is a bit expensive, but do you know what? Oh yeah, no doubt they are. But I don't think they are. I don't think they are. I don't think you can buy an amp, a practice amp, and a wireless kit at that quality, <laughs> and a set of headphones for that much money. If you were to go and buy, yeah, stuff that does all of what that does, you would spend a lot more money. You'd be spending upwards of eight hundred to a thousand pounds. No, right? So yeah, you would amplifier. Quickly tie it up, like because the the Waza Air is pretty much like a katana built into some headphones. You've got okay, so. a lot, 
a lot of the sense. So, what's a katana cost these days? Have a look. Uh, which katana? Should we say the katana? Just, just the smallest one, because we're using headphones anyway. How how big is it? Uh, it's like a one twelve. Katana. So, katana fifty, isn't it? Because you got the fifty and the hundred. Do they do they do a smaller than the fifty? Don't think they do. No. Okay, so let's go for the fifty. Um, let's... Go on. Two hundred and fifty from Gear for Music from Peach two hundred and twenty pounds. There you go, two twenty. Okay, set of headphones. Okay. I've got I've got a set of headphones here for like twenty five quid, and they are they're lovely headphones. Get, get it to the same quality though, because they are decent headphones on there. Okay, uh, and that's... and they're wireless as well, so they're wireless headphones. Okay, I don't know what a set of wireless headphones are gonna cost you. Okay, so let's have a look. Um... Wireless headphones. Um, cheapest pair I can see, and they're going to be crap of 30 quid. But if you wanted to set around the same quality wireless headphones, I reckon you're going to be looking probably about 100 quid. That's fair? Okay, let, let's let's meet somewhere in the middle and make the maths a bit easier. Let's say 80 quid. So that's now brought us up to 300. Okay. Yeah, and okay. a wireless on top of that. What's a wireless costing you? Let's have a look at how much the Boss Wireless kit is, because that's that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're about 150, aren't they? Were they more than that? Uh, Yeah, 150 for the, dub to, for the WL20s. There so you go. that takes us up to that's what, 450. 450. 450, and what else does it do? So that that's about the price of the headphones, isn't it? Isn't there something else we've we've missed? I don't know, darling. I think there is, but I can't think of what it is. So, so uh, that won't have the ability to like, like set up a Spotify playlist and just start playing. But I assume you've got like an aux in maybe that you can like run your run your phone. I don't know, but like in terms of like comparable, you're talking generally a similar price. But that takes up the space of a, an amplifier, the space of a wireless kit, space of a set of headphones. Yeah, that's true. Um, Whereas what, it's all built what, in. How much was the um, How much was the Line Six? The Line Six stump. What? <clears throat> uh, oh, that was four twenty. So that's just. Four. So that is the amp, and that's the effects. Like, let's let's be fair though; it does a lot more than a katana does. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But the uh, katana does have effects. Um, you can, can put different effects on it. Obviously, they're boss style effects. Whereas the katana has a lot more. Uh, sorry, the um, HX Stomp has a lot more effects, a lot more ramps, uh, a lot more cab options, and these sort of things. So you're getting a lot yeah. more there. But, uh, but wait, that's four fifty. It doesn't have that, that gyroscopic, uh, like yeah. space simulator. But speaking of boss effects, that was a really good segue. Speaking of boss effects, this week on the No Talk or Tone series over at the Budget Pedal Chap YouTube channel, this is what we, we talked about. So this, I think you might all know what this is. If, DS1, if not, DS1, DS1. It is exactly that. If not, you will have owned one at one point. Right, so this this is a... Uh, a Taiwan made one, so like 
really, really not all that impressive. It's just like your bog stand. I think Lee's gone gone off for a little I little look. He's, uh, he's having just there having a look to see where it was made. Uh, yeah, What's it's a Taiwan. What's your Taiwan. serial number? Serial number? What this D four F four four one six that. That's very Is different. Z zero E nineteen fifty eight. Mine was made in nineteen fifty eight. Made in so anyone who knows anything about boss pedals, you might be able to tell me that mine's an absolute hidden gem. <laughs> uh, um, but I I had a chap on um, on my Instagram when I posted it up. He says, "Oh, I've got a I've got a Japanese like one from the seventies, silver screw." Um, do you wanna do you wanna borrow that and kind of A B them? Oh, might might be getting to see what the uh, the old runs are like. And have you I got think... have you got an SD one? Uh, yes, I did that last week actually. Give me a sec. Oh I'm man, because uh... I've got um I've got a Japanese SD one. Well, now we're swinging swinging our boss penises here, well, mate. No, I was, I was just suggesting you could maybe A B them as well. Yeah, that's a that's a Taiwan Taiwanese. Uh, SD one as well. I do. Sorry, I, I do uh, apologise about all of the hair on the bottom of this one. This one is furnished <laughs> with um, with Velcro. That one, I have not. Um, yeah. So what I might do if I've got the uh, the Japanese one because the HX Stomp has also got it's modelled a a silver screw seventies SD one. I'll AB all three of them and see which one's the best. Um, but like I've had a love love hate relationship with this pedal. I've not necessarily gotten on with it at, at certain points when I've tried it. Um, the last time I tried it, it kind of changed my mind a little bit. Uh, I did it for no talk or tone this week, just for essentially because I'm, I'm on a little bit of a boss kick. I did the SD one the week before. Um, this was actually pretty damn good. Um, especially like sticking the gain about so about like a third on like that. Mm. About it's, two o'clock, yep. Yeah, so so for that it's um like really uh really good for like crunchy blues riffs. It's got like a really kind of really sharp attack. Uh and it's really good for that kind of like neck pickup strap riffing. Loving that, absolutely loving it. Stick it um, into a Marshall. Uh, they they sound wonderful. In fact, do you know what we've been talking about this uh, this week with Mister Tate? Here he is. He's like our, our ghostwriter, isn't he? Um, <laughs> but it, uh, it, he's um, he's picking up a uh, DSL fifty uh, DSL two hundred uh, two thousand, same as mine, but the fifty watt version. Yeah, the JCM two thousand. You mean the yeah 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 the DSL? <clears throat> yeah, JCM two thousand, but the DSL, not the TSL. Mm-hmm. Um, and supposed uh, to be better in like the T the the DSL rather than the TSL. It's personally, I think it's a bit of a, a you know horses for courses. It's, um, it, with I was the... told in terms of reliability, like if you get a good Maybe. TSL, they're all right. But I I had a friend who had a TSL and had to take it back to Marshall twice um, because it had just burnt out certain components. There's a trick you can do with a, a TSL though. There's uh, some some sort of trick you can do with the effects loop. I think it might have two. I'm not I'm not 100 sure, but um, effectively, if I I think if you jumper the effects loop because it's switchable by a foot switch, yeah. if yeah. you kick it in, it gives you uh, a nice boost. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, Has it got like a boosted effects loop then? I suppose it probably does. I suppose it's probably got a... Is m- a buffered or something. My good friend Alex uh, used to have one. We used to gig in a band together and um, I had the DSL, he had the TSL and uh, he would um, kick that in and so I was like, oh, man, that sounds really good. So, yeah, um, great amps, great amps, really, really underrated and you can pick them up really, really cheap and Stu and I were saying this week that, you know, it's... Very likely that they're going to shoot up in price again when people start realizing that they're they're a yeah hidden that gem. they're decent. They yeah. used to say like uh, like five ten years ago that they were the the last of the last of the good Marshalls, but mm. I think in the, in like recent years with the Origin series uh, and the uh, the studio as well, the, the they, small the smaller sized uh, JCM 800s and stuff. Yeah, they've they've mm. started kind of. Looking at what the um, what the public want, and they've they've kind of gone back to that a bit. I quite um, like the JVMs. Um, they're, they're they're towards the sort of like fifty one fifty metal kind of uh, amps, um, but I, I really fancy them. The thing that the JCM's got going for it though uh, is the clean channel is beautiful, absolutely wonderful, really is. So, yeah. and to be fair, like a Marshall clean channel <laughs> is underrated. It's very underrated. It's got it's got a completely different um kind of EQ curve than than what you'd expect a good clean channel to have. Like you think of Fender for your clean stuff, which is like a very very kind of scoop sound. Um, and the Marshalls are the opposite of that. They've they've got plenty of plenty of mid range, uh, but they still sound fantastic. It's a lot of difference between listening to a classical acoustic to listen to a still strong acoustic. Both sound really nice, but there's um, a lot more in the upper mids. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, um, but going back to the DS1, um, we were saying about how nice it is to chuck a DS1 in for a Marshall. It's it's a wonderful sound. I mean, you're you're definitely showing that you've not watched that video, Lee, because. At the end of it, I do. I shove it through a. I say a, a Marshall. It's a Marshall style pre preamp. Um, I I don't actually use a Marshall because I don't have one. Um, <clears throat> do you know what? Do you know what we forgot to mention? Um, and it's it's worth going back to it just quickly. Is you know we were talking about the the Weser Air and then we we're comparing it to HX Stomp. Yeah, yeah. We should say that the Cab M from two notes now has the cabin plus software so it's just a software update where you have um preamps and cabs and um preamps and power amps options uh, you yeah. can do by your phone as well um plus reverb on it and comp- uh does it have a compressor yeah i think it does and it has an eq on it, it and, does, yeah. and a noise gate um and that is a great option because you can use that in the studio you can use that to get your cabs and whatnot in the studio but you can also use it as um, a home playing tool, and that's what I've been doing. Yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm perfectly honest, if the Cab M Plus would have been available when I was buying the Stomp, I probably wouldn't have bought the Stomp. Yeah, I uh, think we said about this before, didn't we? I mean, I bought I bought the Stomp, and it's it's not like I'm regretting the purchase now. I'm I'm really happy with it, and and it has got it's got a lot that the the cab m plus doesn't but i think the way that i use the stomp i use it in a very very basic way so i'm using it as 
uh, as a cab sim. I'm using it as uh, like uh, a silent recording uh, option, so that I can run pedals into it and do demos. Mm. Um, and, a, and, I, and the cab I end use works very... perfectly for that. That's what it's basically Ex- what it's fair for. Yeah, exactly. And I, I probably, uh, probably would have uh, got everything that I needed out of that. And the cab sims in like the um the wall of sound cab sims that I used previously to um to the HX stomp, I think I could get them I could tune them in to make a better sound than I have got with the uh the HX stomp. For our listeners I want to be a hundred percent clear. If you're gonna run a valve amp into a H into a, a cab M, you do need an attenuator. So yeah, uh, you do yeah, need something like the yes. capture. So there's one up, but you can't see it because it's uh, cropped. But uh, there's one up behind me. It's a Captor um, 8, which is the 8 ohms one. Then you've got a Captor 16, which is obviously the 16 ohms one. So now you've got Cab, uh, so the Cap- Captor X, X, which Does has, it yeah, it has all the stuff from the um, Cab M inside as well as the attenuator. And that's why they're really, really popular because they're they're facing off things such as the Weza uh, tube amp expander and the universal, the yeah, the Oxbox. Yeah, yeah, completely. And again, if if I would have uh, if I would have had the opportunity to pick up a, a Captor X at the same time, because the, the, the price isn't that much different between that and the the Stomp. Mm. Um, again, I probably would have would have gone with the Captor X just because that would then give me the option of running. Uh, like actually attenuating my my black star ramp, or like modding modding one of the PVs and running that. Do you know what? That's that's one of the other reasons I I really want to get the Wesa Airs is because I want to get the cab M back in here <laughs> so I can start using it. Oh, uh... we've got a little question here. Hey, um, out of Ooh. um, out of interest, which of the mainstay boss overdrive slash distortions are our favourite? Oh, you know, if you'd asked me that question a couple of weeks ago, my answer would have been different. So, uh, up until recently, I would have probably said controversially the metal zone because I don't use it like to get those metal tones. I use it to get rock tones, but just with a little yeah. bit more balls to it. The um, the other day we were doing a live stream on Tonepedia and uh, one of the pedals we had that we were t- playing with was the Blues Driver. Oh my god. Oh, it sounded amazing. Didn't matter what we did with it, it just sounded absolutely unbelievable. And I don't have a Blues Driver. And I'm like, why not? So I went over to my OD200 and I dialed in a Blues Driver tone. And I was like, well, this sounds really, really good. So I'm going to try and pick up an early blues driver at some point. Um, but yeah, that that's... <laughs> Very excited so, to get one. So in terms of like, <clears throat> blues drivers, I've got mm. a fair few pedals that do that. Like the, the Digitech Screaming Blues is essentially a blues driver, but with a two-band EQ. I've got the, uh, the Hotone Blues, which is uh, a blues driver with a Keely modded uh, blues driver, like it's got the mod switch, so it adds more bass and more gain. Um, those I really love. When I played, because I owned a, a Boss Blues, just another like a Taiwanese one. I owned a Boss Blues driver for a little while, and really didn't get along with it. I thought the 
the noise floor on it was ridiculous and the uh the tone stack was just too sensitive it was either like too brittle at one end or or it was like mushy far too early and there was a very very small kind of uh window of of like dialing in um however um i thought exactly the same for the ds1 and that I mean that's almost knocking the SD the SD one off the top spot for me. Um, if I'm kind of in between two, and I did a video uh, about this on the Pedal Boards of Doom channel about the the OD three versus the SD one, and I think the OD three has just pipped it. So the the um, I, I think it changes as you grow as a player, doesn't it? Like you kind of learn more about yourself and your own playing and learn more about pedals and how to use them. If if we were going for just overdrive, like a, a, a lighter style overdrive as opposed to what we would generally refer to as a distortion, then I'd go for a clon style because I really like where the, where the clons push. But um, out of boss pedals, it'd definitely be the BD, BD2. What, what about yourself? What would you choose? Uh, I'd, like I said, uh, OD three, I think, but mine is uh, mine's a modded one. <laughs> I got um, Simon from JSA to mod it. It was it was really good before because it kind of sits between uh, between the SD one and the uh, the uh, BD two, so it's like a little bit more toppy, but it's got a bit of the thick mid range as well. Uh, hmm. But now, now it's modded by uh, not modded by JSA. It's it's just better. Uh, we've got another another uh, question from the chat actually. Yep. Right, uh, Bimpson is saying uh, if you were putting Univibe chorus and phaser before your gain, which order would you go? Dole office. Uh, <laughs> so, um. I I would I I'd not put the all of those before my gain. I'd put the Univibe before my gain. It depends what gain. I might put the phaser before my gain. I definitely, definitely wouldn't put chorus before my gain. I would uh, probably say, Andrew, if you just put your address in there, we'll send the doctors around in a minute and um, see what they can do for you. <laughs> um, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Why? Why? What are you up to? What is the purpose of this? Give us more information. Although we are almost in terms up at of time, signal but, change. Yeah. So, like, if you put in if you put in modulation before gain, it becomes a lot less pronounced. Um, and I'm I'm thinking he's saying that he wants he wants those modulations, but the less pronounced version. He wants the the gain to do the the tonal shaping rather than the uh, the modulation. And I I'd I'd Absolutely, hands down, say yeah. Phaser sounds really good before. Phaser sounds good before or after. Um, yeah. Univibe definitely, definitely another, before. He has another chorus after, so <laughs> that, that doesn't <laughs> this doesn't make you less crazy. Okay, um, let, let's look at the order of the chorus, the Univibe, and the Phaser because that that makes sense. Um, I'd say chorus first. And Phaser and Univive are so similar. Uh, I'd probably go Desma. Actually, doesn't really yeah. matter. Yeah, like in terms of them, like I don't think I'd ever switch them on at the same time. So 
it doesn't really matter which one's first. Mm. Uh, a chorus into phaser, though. Chorus into phaser. Um, but well, actually, do you know what? If you put the phaser into the chorus, it will chorus differently depending on how it's going in there. That would be quite an int- Oh, I want to hear that now. Um, After but, he called you crazy as well. Well, no, I'm still not putting it in front of drive, am I? <laughs> um, <laughs> I tell you what, though, I know people do put vibes in front of choruses, in front of drives, in order to get um, a sort of a Hendrixy sort of sound. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing, isn't it? Because mm. Hendrix was running everything into a roaring amp, so you can almost certainly say that all of his pedals were pre, like pre again stage. Why don't we say this? Why don't we say? Chorus into Univibe into Drive, and then go and put your phaser on the other side in front of your other chorus and see what happens. Because you don't need the the phaser and the Univibe in front of you in front of your drives, do you? I don't know. Um, experiment, experiment. That's that's all I can I can put out there. I'd say experiment with it. If you like the sound of it, it ain't wrong. Yeah, but we can't. Someone asks us a question. We can't say, "I'll oh, go and experiment." That's just proper fobbing them off, isn't it? I think you'll find <laughs> that is exactly what uh, that pedal show do, and they've got a few <laughs> more viewers than us. So maybe we care more. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> Did he just go there? <laughs> right, we're we're coming close to the hour. Um, we haven't done any of the news, which is it's quite nice because I was. I was worried we wouldn't have a lot of news. Um, however, however, uh, one of these newses are time sensitive, so I'd like to I'd like to just throw it in here. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. If, if that's all right, <clears throat> and that'll be our last one. Um, right, so it it kind of comes with an apology as well. Um, uh, earlier on this week, in fact, it was it kind of like Thursday, Friday ish time. We don't have to talk about the a... details so much, do we? Do yeah, reckon? well. I, I'm just saying, like, I, I posted up a post. Uh, it was on my Instagram story, which I'm a little bit not proud of. Uh, and it's not necessarily to do with uh, do with the content as it is to do with the kind of the situation. So there was uh, a company essentially spreading a little bit of hate this week. Um, and Another company spreading a little bit of hate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, like certain events of of the past kind of months has really brought out some people's characteristics, um, and it, it's it's happened with with another company, uh, and I unfortunately I took the bait a little bit, um, and the 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 kind of the hate and the spite and the malice behind these things are like fire, and. All that you do when you react to that is you give oxygen to that fire. And it just, even if you think that it's the right thing to do to be standing up to to that kind of thought process and that kind of, um, that, that negativity, it's give, it's giving oxygen to that, that person. And it just makes that thing spread. Uh, and I'd like to apologise for uh, for being part of that, unfortunately. Um, <coughs> so, 
I'm 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 saying I I, I don't necessarily regret um, the message that I convey with uh, with my post, but I I I apologise for being part of the negativity. However, Fender have done something awesome this week, and I'd like to shed light on that. I'd like to be a, a, a force for a bit of positivity rather than the negativity. So I'm doing this as a little bit of retribution, but also highlighting something cool that Fender have done. Um, I say Fender, not just Fender. It's Fender uh, with uh, a singer-songwriter, a Norwegian singer-songwriter I'd never heard of called Girling Red. (laughs) Um, They teamed up and they've done a a rainbow finish player series Telecaster, which it looks pretty cool. Um, But... The proceeds for this, they're basically they are raffling it off, and the reason I wanted to mention that is because the raffle has not ended yet. It ends on the second of August, so there is still time for you to to throw. It. I think it's like it's a fiver for the tickets, so like you could put a fiver down. All of the proceeds from this go to the Kaleidoscope Trust, which is an LGBTQ plus um, uh, foundation. They they support. Uh, support certain rights and uh, support certain um, uh, events based around the uh, the LGBTQ um, community. It's n- it's not something that I know vast vast details about, but I think um, it's really cool from Fender that they are they're kind of they're doing almost the opposite of what what some other companies are doing. They're being like digging their heels in the ground and and doing that kind of negative space i think it's really cool that fender are kind of helping out a positive positive thing and at the end of the day it's a it's a raffle for a fiver you could win yourself a telecaster so well hey have you seen this uh this telly by the way i haven't no uh, let me have a look <laughs> see if i can bring up a picture um Excuse me. What did we say it was called? It's uh, it's the Rainbow. Uh, so it's a player series, Rainbow uh, Telecaster. It's the it's for the Kaleidoscope Foundation. This is Lee. <clears throat> he is doing some googling, motherfucking googling, Goog- like a googling. Oh wow! There you go. See, it's pretty. It's pretty nicely done, isn't it? Yeah, I'd I'd buy that just to. That looks awesome. Oh, my daughter would love that. Yeah, to be fair, my missus thought it was really cool as well. Yeah. Um, she's she's massive into the the whole uh, uh, LGBTQ rights uh, and very much being an ally uh, for uh, for LGBTQ community. Um, cool. And she loves rainbows, so uh, <laughs> it was a win win win. It's uh, been, uh, looks like it's been painted by the Les from Norwegian who's who's done it. Um, it's, uh, I was about to read off what colours it is, but then it's a rainbow, so you probably already know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it looks unbelievable. So it, it, you've got your rainbows starting from the top of the guitar at the red, going to the purple at the bottom. Um, chosen really lovely shades of it as well. That purple is very similar to like the Danish peat purple, and you've got like a, a white scratch plate on it, and the traditional um, lipstick humbucker at the neck um, with uh, an uncovered 
humbucker. Uh, sorry, did I say humbucker? Pick up. You did say humbucker. Yeah. So uh, to save anyone else some googling, uh, Nathan's put it in the uh, in the chat over a pedal oh, of doom. So well done, sunshine. So he's he's posted up to the raffle itself. So if you do want a uh, if you do want to throw a fiver that that way in hopes to win uh, to win a Telecaster and just kind of show support to uh, yeah. And what a great to, way to say up yours to all these muppets that are coming out and saying all these stupid things about people they don't even know, than to give a fiver to a good cause. Yeah, there's exactly that, isn't it? And I think that is that's a perfect place to end us for this week. Uh, we're just fifteen minutes over the hour mark, but in terms of like, uh, in terms of recording, we're probably just at, just at the hour. That's lovely. Uh, five minutes Me. just over the hour mark. Did you say fifteen? Well, it's I've, I've got on this clock here that it's quarter past, but oh, okay, be right. Cool. Okay, uh, right. Yes. So, do you want to do the the outro? I do, yeah. I'll mention our Patreon peeps once again. So as little as $2 a month, you can be part of the, the Fret Talk crew. Um, it is patreon.com slash Fret Talk. Uh, we've got Bimson, Mr. Andrew Bimson, who's been in the chat today. We've got Adam Yeomans of Chef Tone Effects. We've got Doug Christ of 37 Effects. We've got Joseph Richardson um, of on, on, on Instagram. Uh, I'll, I'll link him. I'll put him in the, in the, the show notes because... I I've he's changed from everything Joseph recently and I don't know. Um we covered that like, let's you know I I think we've covered that over the last few weeks I think people hopefully that if you don't know that already then it's your fault for not listening to the other ones and we will hunt you down. Um <laughs> yes okay a bit extreme. <laughs> um <laughs> we've got huge erection um it's we it's a- we do not own one penis. We we've got <laughs> we've got a, a like a joint a joint huge erection. Uh, <laughs> you know, do you remember Bill and Ted? Like uh, yeah. Bogus Journey when you had the two aliens and they kind of like rushed together and they made one bigger version of themselves. I don't think we're going to try that with our penises, uh, Lee. <laughs> that sounds huge erection. Indeed, yes, yeah, almost like like Power Rangers where they all morph together. Uh, again, we are we're not gonna we're not gonna rub wieners, mate. We're not we're we're not at that stage in our relationship. Uh, <laughs> um, who else have we got? We've got Mr. Fletcher, Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups as well. Um, I'm I'm very sorry, Ben. Your 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 company has just been dragged through through <laughs> the, the, the the huge erection. Um, I've got an order in with Mr. Fletcher. Have you? Yes, but we'll talk about that at a later date. Love lie. Um, if you yes. want to catch me online, it's Budget Pedal Chap at Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. YouTube, you get the No Talk or Tone series every week. I'm considering some some different videos to to bring up as well. As I said, I might be doing a um, a comparison video between some some boss pedals, and I might I might do like who wore it better, and do like. The uh, the HX Stomps model versus the real thing, and see which one who wore it better, because um, that'd be cool. Uh, Lee, you are um, Tonepedia, pretty much. You are doing loads of stuff with Tonepedia, loads of live streams and, and loads the of behind the scenes stuff. Uh, and thank them for supporting us on on here and allowing us to uh, helping us out to be able to stream to so many places. 
absolutely fantastic thank you guys uh and you also you, you run a, a slightly smaller um facebook group some people might have heard of it pedalboards <laughs> yeah of... <laughs> there you go pedalboards of doom if you're watching the live stream you are probably in that right now you are in us it's time to end don't the forget podcast, do, do, do hang around if you are listening because there will be a dodgy joke yeah Not a dodgy will... joke a dodgy dad joke like a shit joke basically that's it oh the one on last like the one that's coming out tomorrow is a fantastic joke is it it's a really good <laughs> joke like it's really bad but it's really good because of it um so i think that's us for this week isn't it um so that'll be it, really. Um, thank you for joining in. The, the chat was amazing this week, so thanks to you guys. High five. Thanks to the Patreon peeps for supporting the show. And thanks for listening. It's really nice that you listen to us. Um, we <laughs> do it for you. If we didn't have anyone listening, it would be pretty pointless. So thank you. It would. Uh, so thank you very much, everyone. Indeed. From myself, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap, that's me. From Mr. Lee, that's Lee. It will be a tatty boy. Good night for this week. Tararavit. Bye, everyone. See you soon. Goodbye, everybody. I told my wife she was drawing her eyebrows too high. She looked surprised. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs>